0: You're listening to the Harbour Bazaar with me, Stephen Hastings, here on Ship Full of Bombs.
1: Getting directa con Harbour Bazaar, con Stephen Hastings and Zoe Howe, sola parca pieno di bombe, ascolta. How do you do? Are you terribly well? I can see you are. Good show.
0: Oh, there we go, there we go, there we go. Good morning, good evening, good evening, good evening. Here we are, Harbour Bazaar, Stephen Hastings here on. Full of bombs. That's shipful of bombs at www.sfob.co.uk. First show of January 2023. Hope you can enjoy it. Been quite a good time putting this one together, and we're going to have a couple of sort of new features and new uh, new bits and pieces on this kind of ins and out show. And why are we calling it an ins and out show? Because um, wanted to sort of focus on uh, what often, I suppose, really would be an artist and equally a band who get credit, but not the credit that they basically deserve. If you know them, you know them, but if you don't, you've, you, you probably don't, which I suppose makes total sense. So, well, what do we have first of all? Of course, that was our Joe Meek um, for the Moon, well, it was the Moon Trackers with Night of the Vampire. Very festive there, very festive, that kind of Halloween kind of sounding thing here early in, uh, early in January. So, yeah, so a couple so, you know, what we're going to have, a couple of hours, mainly music, a little bit of chat from me, obviously, um, kind of telling the story a bit about... Um, a really really innovat- innovative guitarist um, a, a great book came out about him last year our alternative guitar master uh, this month is John McGiock of um, so many bands obviously Magazine, Banshees, Pill, Visage, what well, his own um, Armoury show all sorts of stuff and just talking about him as a guitarist playing things that he played on and playing things that he influenced and things that influenced by, and I thought it was, it was quite pertinent because, again, someone who did very much recognise you know, him as a guitarist was, was, was Dave Navarro of the fantastic band uh, Jane's Addiction, who I don't think get as much airplay as they, as they potentially should. Just a phenomenal band, so we're going to have a great big swipe of Jane's Addiction going uh, through tracks throughout, uh, throughout their very, very long career. Um, a big old sort of dive into John McGear as well, telling his kind of story. And then we've kind of got um, a bit I want to start doing, because uh, we don't feature them enough. We always used to do a lot of book reviews and what have you. So what I want to do every month is basically have a, is have a, you know, a, a kind of a musical biography that we kind of recommend and a couple of tracks that we'd we'll be playing from that artist. And this month I wanted to go with the... Uh, the Very Marvellous Crawl To Be Kind, um, which came out about three years ago uh, by a friend of the show, Will Birch, um, which is the life and music of Nick Lowe. So we're going to have a little little dip into that in the, towards the end of the show and play a couple of tracks. But before we get started, obviously it is January the 8th. Um, it does mean it's, uh, well, it's a few people's birthdays. Obviously it was Bowie's birthday, but I think we've heard and played so much of Bowie we've probably earned a rest. Um, it was Robbie Krieger's birthday, guitarist in The Doors. Um, absolutely fabulous. And I think uh, John McGeer often played a, well, an SG in... in, in as a nod to that kind of world as well. Obviously, it's Shirley Bassey's birthday, and why shouldn't it be? Um, but, of course, it's uh, he's actually Elvis Presley's birthday. He would have been, I think, 90-something today, born in 1935. What would that make him? 88, 89, something like that. I'm not very good at the maths, but uh, this is Little Sister, Elvis Presley. Little
2: Sister, don't you... Little sister, don't you Little sister, don't you kiss me once or twice And say it's very nice and then you run Little sister, don't you do what your big sister done Well, I dated your big sister And I took her to a show I went for some candy Along came Jim Dandy they right out the door Little sister, don't you Little sister, don't you Little sister, don't you kiss me once or twice And say it's very nice and then you run Little sister, don't you do what your big sister done Every time I see your sister Well, she's got somebody new. She's mean and she's evil like that little old moe evil. Guess I'll try my luck with you. Little sister, don't you? Little sister, don't you? Little sister, don't you kiss me once or twice and say it's very nice, and then you run. Little Little sister, sister, don't you do what you're Sister on Well, I used to pull your pigtails And pinch your turned-up nose But you've been a-growing And, baby, it's been showing From your head down to your toes Little sister, don't you Little sister, don't you Little sister, don't you kiss me once or twice And say it's very nice and then you run Little sister, don't you do what your big sister done Little sister, don't you do what your big sister done
0: You go all mistakes to the producers if you don't mind me saying and I am the producer so but that was my mistake they a little bit of noise um, so what have we got what do we have obviously we had the mighty Elvis Presley with Little Sister and then leading us into our first track um, from Jane's Addiction from the 1987-88 live album. Um, which was their first release with Triple Y. Absolutely phenomenal. And who were Jane's Addiction? Well, they ruled at the end of the 80s, early 90s. Um, they were founded by Perry Farrell, um, and it was Perry Farrell who founded them, I believe, and Eric Avery, who was the bass player, and also a big, big songwriting contributor to the band as well. They were they were, they were formed in, in Los Angeles in 1985. You've got Perry Farrell... Um, just an incredibly, he was almost like a, a Raggedy Annie of a, of a singer with, with, with wool and in his hair and dreadlocks and corsets and bangles and piercings and all sorts. He was a phenomenally, um, phenomenal sort gifted sort of front man and really sort of drew the eye. But yeah, Perry Farrell um, of, as a vocalist, uh, Dave Navarro on, um, on guitar, Dave Navarro, one of the most influential um, American guitarists in of the of the last sort of thirty years. Phenomenally talented, could play anything and everything and was one of those guys who could kinda hold the whole band together as well. On his own, never needed someone backing him up. He just filled the entire space. Um, we've got drummer Stephen Perkins, and then, as we mentioned before, uh, bass player Eric Avery, who was a big songwriter contributor to the band as well. They were they were very much one of the first sort of alternative alternative rock bands. And again, I never had the pleasure of seeing them when they first when they first came, but I know a few people who did who saw them at the Lyceum with that lineup. Um, sorry, it was like, was it the Lyceum or was it the Astoria? I think it was the Astoria actually. i lie. And they were just their life was changed basically absolutely absolutely phenomenal so that was the first the first track we're going to be playing a few from Jane's, but that was from their that their sort of live live um debut album which actually was 87 i apologize and then we'll playing a couple from what will be the, the the first sort of major release which come from them which was which is you know nothing shocking so we're going to have from the from the nothing shocking album idiot's rule followed of course by mountain soul go there you go there you go all rather fabulous what did we have well we had first of all idiots rule which is something uh i think particularly living in the uk you can uh you can see at the moment a glorious interview with rishi shenak this morning on the bbc watch it and i play just that's all i can say um and then what do we have we had the mighty mountain song written by eric avery um the riff on that is just he's just phenomenal again um just proof of how powerful they were as a band and that was off of their sort of first well, I suppose it will be studio album, which was, uh, which was nothing shocking, which came out, I think, in nineteen ninety, if I remember rightly. Uh, no, nineteen. Actually, I'm talking nonsense. That was nineteen eighty eight. That was just a year after the first, uh, after the first live album that we played. And original track on um, and we'll be having more as we go through from Jane's Diction. as we go through obviously we're going to be featuring tracks on what will be their unbelievably influential next album um, which is Ritual de la Habitual um, which came out in 1990 um, phenomenal um, and then what do we have obviously um, it's been it's been you know around all of the shows and all across the airwaves over you know over the last few weeks of course but I wanted to sort of play, play a few bits for for Mr. Terry Hall who obviously passed away so um, um, from the waiting album second fun by three album that was the more that I see the less I believe and uh, fabulous to hear. And, and in terms of where we are on, on Harbour Bazaar, trying to sort of find a link what kind of puts these things together. We're doing, as we say, as a show, the ins and outs of John and Jane. So looking at Jane's addiction, looking at John McGeoch, um and basically sort of celebrating some people who aren't as celebrated as they should be. And I, I tried to find a link that sort of put them all, all kind of together, really, and struggled. But in terms of the, what kind of came to mind is we also do... Away from the station, we you know we run our record club, which is a kind of a, it's a almost sort of bi-monthly um, sort of record review um, evening, realistically. And uh, always uh, we've done a couple of shows, record club presents, where we've chosen some of the albums, um, tracks from some of those albums. And th- the next one we're doing is in in January, which will be and um, Burning Spear studio one presents. And also as the uh, as a supporting album to that, it's the original sort of soul rebel Bob Marley and the Wailers album, um, and again produced by Lee Scratch Perry, of course, um, in 1970. Um, and I think this is the kind of thing, when I was thinking about influences on Jane's Addiction, it's kind of, it's kind of difficult because can, if you listen to them, there's a lot of stuff kind of going on, but it isn't like they've absolutely stolen from anybody else. You know, Perry Farrell sings like Perry Farrell. You've got that sort of monstrous sort of bass going on. Dave Navarro goes all over the place, some sort of spacey psychedelia to sort of quite heavy sort of alternative rock. There's a bit of Cure going on in there. There's all sorts of sort of psychedelia and what have you. They're not they're not as as full on as the tracks that basically played so far. And the one thing which um they did sort of mention in terms of was, was like Feral Mansion particularly, um because with his his previous band which I think was called Cyclub, if I remember rightly, he used to just put you know big old reverb on his vocals and all sorts of and sort of mess around with the way that um his voice was being expressed. And again really really sort of put that together with someone like Lee Scratch Perry and, and actually recognised him as a influence. So tying it together, obviously um you know, Lee Scratch is involved in the sort of was involved in a reggae scar blue beat world as well, obviously dub reggae being the, a, an absolute pioneer of which ties it in with the specials, which ties it in with Terry Hall. And in some kind of whole harbour bizarre psychedelic soup, we end up with Soul Rebel by Bob Marley and the Waders. Told you it all tied together. There we go, Soul Rebel, Bob Marley and the Whalers. First one um, featuring John McGeech. Um This is, of course, Shot By Both Sides magazine.
3: Legal, it's just what's real. What i give given to understand it's exactly.
0: shot by both sides by magazine for the real life album that's not the uh, single version that was uh, from real life mcgearck there on guitar the absolutely defining sound of john mcgearck there i know uh it gets even more all oh, expressive as we kind of go forward but who was john mcgearck i mean he was possibly one of the most influential british guitarists again in the last sort of 30 40 years um born in scotland in 1995 um art student i think was at manchester met um Basically, I think I met Howard Devoto there particularly um, and became part of the sort of um, that kind of crowd that started off with the Buzzcocks and then morphed very quickly with Barry Adamson and Howard Devoto into magazine with with McGear, the guitarist there. Hugely influential. Um, his influences on the way that people play in that kind of alternative indie, sort of post punk kind of world can't be underestimated. And the sort of people who actually you know, like him or loathe them the sort of people who are giving him full credit, Johnny Marr, Johnny Greenwood, Ed O'Brien, even The Edge, John Froschianti from that dreadful band, Red Hot Chili Peppers, great guitarist, really needs to join a different band. Steve Albini, of course, whose who's, who's fingerprints are all over, all over alternative music over the last few decades. And, of course, Dave Navarro, um, who mentions him and names him out specifically uh, of Jane's Addiction, who we'll be hearing, hearing more from later on. So that was shot by both sides, by magazine, and you can hear that kind of angular open work that um that i think that you know mcgeek was 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 so notorious for um he kind of plays around the sound he does he doesn't sit on the chords you know in the way that you often see with you often see with guitarists in in those you know i suppose really four-piece lineup bands in terms of where you have they'll sit on the chord behind the singer and then they'll play a break or they'll play a riff or something like this he he kind of it's almost like the chords have been taken out, the centre has been taken out, and he's kind of dancing around the edge of it with some incredibly intricate guitar work. Um, I defy anyone um, who who's, who plays guitar just to sit down and work out some of McGeoch's lines because they are they are absolutely phenomenal. Um, very, very, you know, very effective, but very, very difficult to play. So, a great sort of technician without without wearing that sort of technical piece um, on his arm. So, Magazine was obviously the first band um, he was notorious for. And obviously, Magazine, I think it was for three albums, and we will play another Magazine track in a moment, but also spread it around as well. I mean, he was in, at the same time as he was in Magazine, um, he was also in, um, although he seemed to find it quite amusing, um, he was in Visage as well. So, let's let's go down that path. And then, I think, became um brought brought to the much, much wider attention when he sort of joined the Banshees in around nineteen eighty, something like this, and contributed particularly to I think it was Juju, Kaleidoscope, um, and Kissing the Dreamhouse albums particularly. I saw them a few times live then and he was realistically one of the you know, just just, just phenomenal to listen to, phenomenal to watch. And you're watching this, this figure um with his Gibson um, not moving much. His hands not being able to move, but just conjuring up these these sort of glorious patterns, these glorious sounds, these glorious shards coming from the guitar, oh, coming over all emotional. So let's uh, let's play a couple of tracks, obviously featuring uh, featuring McGee. The first of they but going to be some in the first half, and obviously some in the second. Here's three. Another from Magazine. Another from Visage. Oh, sorry, I'll rephrase that. Another from Magazine. One from Visage, and then one from the Banshees. Name them, claim them as you go along. life. go there you go absolutely marvellous what did we have there well we had obviously the light pours out of me one point for getting that one of course from the correct use of soap by magazine which is the final album that McGeoch played on in 1980 I think uh, the story was left on the basis of just you know obviously very very commercially rated um, or I rephrase that you know very rated by the critics um, and an absolute media darlings magazine of course um, but realistically the, the, you know, the sales weren't following as much and I, I think he left in 1980 and then, realistically, joined the Banshees. Uh, I think he'd started doing some work with the Banshees just before that. But uh, Israel, we played at the end. There um, was the first song he he was he co-wrote with uh, with with Severin and and Susie and what have you. So you can hear hear the change of the sound there. Obviously, it makes it you know he spreads it right out and again he's he's coming into that kind of defining you know defining sort of McGeoch kind of sound and influence and and what an influence that was and again one of the again superb band from the 80s which realistically and and 90s obviously um, that realistically McGeoch was the kind of spearheaded what will be the kind of second phase I think after the um, after the uh, after the, uh, the you know the original guitarist and drummer um, left, and Budgie and McGeech basically came in. Um, dedicating that song, to, of course, to uh, Duncan. who I know was a Banshees fan, I think we were both at the same gig um, in Gosh, can't remember when. Around that kind of time, which would have been at Champs Odeon. We didn't know each other then, but Happy 60th, uh, Duncan. and It was nice to see you on the nice to see you on New Year's Eve. And in the middle of them, sandwiching those two between uh, between Israel the Banshees, um, and then obviously uh, the light pulls out. of me. we have "Tar" by Visage, which. Uh, which McGeuk kinda co wrote. Um and it was their first single, I understand. I always thought it was "Fate to Grey, but uh, but I was completely wrong. I was completely wrong. There you go. What can I say? But uh three for three from McGeork, a bit more about him in the second half of the show, and of course a lot more music. And taking us up to the halfway point, um here's another from these from our ever other kind of feature in an ins and out show um here on the Harbour Bazaar. Um, this is the this is three days by Jane's Addiction. It's a slow build, this one. Trust me, trust me. Actually, don't trust me at all. I'm talking absolute nonsense. What you need to do, Stephen, is if you are actually playing tracks on the radio, is one of the things you have to remember is turn up the fader. So let's try that one more time. (laughs) Three days. Uh, Let's have another go. Let's hope not three times. Three days, Jane's Addiction.
3: At at this This moment, moment, you should be with us. Feeling like, like we, do, we do, like you, like love, you to, love to, but never, but will, never again. will again. I miss you, my dear, I you, my I, dear. Zyola. I prepared the room tonight I prepared the for Christmas lights. Christmas
0: go, there you go, the full 10 minutes 48 of Three Days by Jane's Addiction from the Ritual de la Habitual um, album, a phenomenal album it was their second second major release Um, superbly Interesting cover. Caused a bit of controversy at the time because even though they were puppets, they were there was some nudity on there and uh, all, all, some of the subjects which that song talks about specifically. So it earned itself a nice parental advisory sticker right up in the corner there, which uh, took means all the time and trouble people take with the artwork or the design that goes into that, you have to have a daft sticker slapped over the top. But there you go. That's just my, just my view. So here we are It's Stephen Hastings, Harbour Bazaar, Ship Full of Bombs um it is the 8th of january 2023 this is our first show of the year um as we go into the second half of the show a little bit more um a little bit more on Jane's. Uh, we're going to talk about um more on john mcgearck and we're gonna have a look at our book of the month actually this month which uh, this month i'm looking at will birchie's the life and music of nick lowe so i might play might play a few bits for that as we roll towards the end but we're halfway just over halfway through the show um which means I'd like to sort of give a quick roundup of what's going on on the station. Obviously, we've been uh, we've been broadcasting now for nearly ten years. Um, you can find all of our details at www.sfob.co.uk. You can find us on Twitter with the same name, and again. Um, Real, real, honour and privilege to be broadcasting, to be able to sort of, to talk to you all. Looking forward to uh, looking forward to expanding the shows in 2023, um, and getting some new new names and faces in the race as well. So, uh, but what have we got coming up this week? Um, well, this morning, obviously, we had Daryl Eastley with Eastley like a Sunday morning, um, which will be available if you go to the website to to listen again because that will be streaming now. Me, um, obviously, Harbour Bazaar, Stephen Hastings, and then tomorrow on the 9th, um, we've got the Antigen Internet Radio Station show, which is a which is a marvellous thing and always well worth a listen. Uh, Box of Delights with Mark Lancaster on uh, on on Tuesday the 10th, thinking of you at the moment Mark um, Wednesday the 11th Indie Night In with Station Master Al, not sure what the theme's going to be but it's always it's always Indie-tastic if such a word exists Thursday, uh, Perennial Favourites background with Podrophenia with me in the producing chair so uh, that'll be Mondo and Piley dishing out the delights um, and then on Friday the 13th it's DJG with the 1200 Degrees um, show which is streamed, which is basically one of our syndicated shows from Australia, which is a fantastic thing always interested to hear um what other people are doing what other stations are doing we get syndicated. Our shows get played out elsewhere, and sometimes we, we, we play out syndicated shows like we do with Punks and Parkers, which was played played earlier today. Um, but if you want to get in touch with us, obviously you can just go to the website or go to info at shipfullabombs.co.uk if I remember rightly. Um, and if you want to get in touch specifically with Harbour Bazaar, um, you can find us on Twitter or via the station and Harbour and on, on Twitter we're just at Harbour Bazaar One. Um, and equally, you know, um, we do have a Patreon page as well. Obviously, we know times are hard. But if you're enjoying the content of the shows, um, and you're enjoying and want to be able to support the station, and only if you can afford it. Um, if you wanted to sort of put, you know, a few quid in our tin to keep the station going and keep us with our adverts, that would be fabulous. Um, and you can find us at www.patreon.com forward slash SFOB, if you remember rightly. But I will put all the details in the show notes. So it's around this sort of time um, that, you know, we we just a halfway, running ever so slightly late. Sorry, uh, sorry Father Time. Um, but we tend to play a glorious 60s pop moment, Um, And then this month is where we're opening up the garage door afterwards and having something from uh, an album by a band called The Third Bardo from many, many years ago. Uh, But first of all, let's have a little bit of Johnny Halliday, Glorious 60s. What can I say?
4: à croire que dans la vie t'as tout appris
0: Look, I know I've played you before, but I think Johnny Halliday always needs to be played. And this is on Five Years Ahead of My Time by the Third Bardo.
2: What you reading for?
0: Yeah, that's Princey Swartz with uh, Cruel To Be Kind, obviously written by Nick Lowe and um, the first little band he became uh, known with realistically, which takes us on to this month's book recommendation, Cruel To Be Kind, The Life and Music of Nick Lowe by Will Birch. Absolutely fantastic. As we know, Nick Lowe, um, often regarded and described as Britain's you know, greatest living songwriter and an uh, all-rounder, all-rounder cool guy, if you don't mind me so saying, the Jesus of cool as he gets referred to. Um, Again, a hugely influential figure on British songwriting and British singers and British music. Um, and, and, you know, Will Bertie's book really tells a, a very affectionate but n- slightly unflinching uh, look at Nick Lowe as well. So it goes into the kind of highs and the lows, talks about, you know, about um, obviously British Schwartz, which is his sort of first band um, that we heard a track from there, Cruel To Be Client Kind, which is obviously a defining song um, for nick lowe but obviously looks at the work with stiff the you know, all of the producing the lot of work done with elvis costello pretenders graham parker damned and so on and so on and so on and equally you know the ups and downs of his sort of personal life with relationships and let's just say slight a little bit of trouble with a uh, little bit of trouble with drinks and and equally the way he goes around writing songs how he rehearses them and and so on and so on as well but uh, it's really unflinching and it's a really really lovely read um I, I couldn't i couldn't sort of you know recommend it highly enough and and obviously will birch is a man who knows uh really obviously you know part of the curtail flyers and part of the whole um sort of pub rock scene and really formative in that um in that sort of period and obviously great writer writes very very well on sort of pub rock and that that whole kind of piece so a real expert there so i'll put up some links to that one um that was released, I think it was 2019, if I remember rightly. And I'll be putting some show notes in there. But yeah, Life of Music of, uh, of Nick Lowe by, uh, by Will Birch. I strongly couldn't, uh, I couldn't recommend it highly enough. And as I say, there's also his No Sleep Till Canvey Island, The Great Pub Rock Revolution. And also the definitive biography of Ian Drury. So realistically, a man in the no. We mentioned there... Um, obviously the work that Nick Lowe's associated with um, with other artists probably most, um, I would say with Elvis Costello and again, another defining song um, is obviously What's So Funny About Peace, Love and Understanding that um, he recorded, I think with Bridgety Schwartz and obviously also Solo as well but let's have Elvis Costello's version and then finish up with a very, very lovely Trombone by Nick Lowe
3: I was
1: The beast in me is caged by frail and fragile bars, restless by day and by night, rants and rages at the stars. If it's New York or New Year
5: and said and slow forever.
1: like we got ourselves a Rita <laughs> there
0: you go there you go or maybe not turn up the microphone Stephen there you go a few tracks on the bounce there again inspired by uh, by Will Birch's uh, The Life and Music of Nick Lowe um, and b- as Bill Hicks says looks like we've got ourselves a reader what did we have well we had Cruel To Be Kind of course first of all Brinsley Schwartz um, then we had What's So Funny About Peace, Love and Understanding Elvis Costello and The Attraction from the Armed Forces album then the very lovely uh, From the Impossible Bird album The Beast in Me which I know has been very well covered elsewhere but I uh, wanted to just have a few minutes of that and then the Mighty Trombone um, from the Walkabout album very nice too with, uh, with a beautiful trombone solo in there, very nice all good, like your style, so here we are rolling to the end of, uh, well we're nearly, uh, nearly in the last half hour of, uh, of this month's Harvey Bazaar, um, we, we've been playing a few things, obviously we've got our ins and outs of uh, John and Jane's about uh, another game we'll be having I think another three tracks um, from various projects that uh, McGee has been involved in, um, but before we get there I wanted to play one more um, to reference Terry Hall, this is from the Protest Songs 1924 to 2012 album, this is the specials with Trouble Every Day
6: Well, I'm about to get sick From watching my TV Been checking out the news Until my eyeballs fail to see I need to say that every day Is another rotten mess it's gonna change is anybody's guess so i'm watching and i'm waiting hoping for- To reports about the whiskey passing round. Seen the smoke and fire and the market burning down. Watch while everybody on his street would take a turn to stomp and smash. Said now's the time to fight for some ideal he thinks is right. If a million more agree, there ain't no great society as it applies to you and me. You know our country isn't free, and the law of to see if all you'll ever be is just a lousy janitor. Unless your uncle owns a store. You know that five and every four just won't amount to nothing more than watching rats go across the floor and make up songs about.
0: That's always, that's got a hard stop there's no doubt about that so what did we have after Trouble Every Day cover of the only Frank Zappa song worth listening to Trouble um, on the protest songs 1924, 22 what I mean by that is Hot, I think Trouble Every Day is the only Zappa song worth listening to, and that was a great version of it by the Specials. Great choice, and Terry Hall on uh, on fine form, fine fettle, and fine voice there. Followed up with uh, going back to our Amagiak sort of theme there with the uh, Hard Times from the uh, from the Happy album by Public Image Limited. I mean, we're, we're jumping around in terms of chronology and what have you, but. Um, um, Due to sort of stress, and I think life on the road really, and a um, few other sort of you know issues in terms of with alcohol and what have you. Then McGeech uh, left Banshees. Left the Banshees in about 1982, um, and again we'll have a tracker with his follow-up band there from the Armory Show in a minute. Which, uh, and he played with a lot of other people around this kind of time. So we obviously heard Pill there, where he was he was a he was a member of Public Image Limited at that time. A very distinctive guitar work on there. He also worked with Pete Murphy. Um, he worked with the Sugar Cubes. Um, and realistically a lot with, you know, obviously with um, with the skids he was involved in as well. I think he, um, I can never remember the name of the guitarist in the skids, the bagpipes guitar fellow, you know who I mean. Um, when he was, he wasn't available at the time, I think McGeoch played uh, for skids for a bit um, and covered, um, covered him on the road. His name will come to me in a minute when I remember I'll say it. Um, and there's a pill session, I think from 81 with uh, with McGeoch playing on there too. But then realistically, that relationship with Richard Jobson was really fruitful in the band, um, which is the Armoury Show. And I wanted to play an Armoury Show track um, for you, if that's all right, um, which is called "Waiting for the Floods," which was the, the which was the self-titled um, um, album by the Armory Show, and he was in those for about sort of three years. Didn't do huge, huge amounts of success. I think the Skids were the big band for uh, for Richard Jobson to be honest. And again, um, but McGeer was he's, he's playing beautifully here. So this this is the Armory Show, and this is the track "Waiting for the Floods." army show there with where is the floods um fantastic bit of guitar work from the there very very underrated album um beautiful stuff from the army show there and what did steve black of uh steve albini be black basically say about the he said a wonderful way to put it he said what a guy anyone can make notes there's no trick what a trick and a good one is to make the guitar do things that don't sound like guitar at all the point is to stretch the boundaries so let's have the defining riff
3: From the cradle bars comes a beckoning voice, the same spinning. You have no choice.
0: Bellbound Susan the Banshees, and This Is Just Because by Jane's Addiction from the 1991 album Strays.
7: on. Searching for something that doesn't exist, you can talk about permissiveness and wanting to be free. Well, that sounds really nice, but can't you spare a thought for me? Because all these words inside can't hide this feeling of betrayal, and the only thing I've got to give is this apology, so I'll say sorry. I hope. So I'll say sorry Sorry. I hope it will do
0: this next song for Claire. Rest in peace. been listening to the Harbour Bazaar with me Stephen Hastings here on Ship Full of Bombs hope you enjoyed the show see you next month and nothing shocking